Welcome to the Happy Place podcast. I'm Rina, your host. I'm a Shibari artist, tantric body worker, former dominatrix, and extreme sports athlete. I guide people to their core, creating safe spaces for healing and self-discovery. Since childhood, I've challenged societal norms. Through extreme sports, tantra, unconventional sexuality, and psychedelics, I've discovered profound truths. This podcast is for seekers like me, exploring meaning and spiritual illumination in the midst of life's intensity. Get ready to be inspired, amazed, and transformed as we unravel the mysteries of the happy place. Good time of the day and welcome to episode 15. Today is January 1st, beginning of 2024, which is quite a celebration for me in Russia, where I come from. We celebrate New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, while we don't really care so much about Christmas. So it's a really big holiday. It's an opportunity to reflect on what has happened and make some intentions for the new year, make some commitments. And I feel like it can be incredible. And of course, it can be celebrated differently. I want to share my personal way of enjoying celebrating the end of the year and the beginning of the new year as the topic of this podcast is Vipassana meditation retreats. I feel like it resembles the theme of having a happy place because personally, this is my happy place. Meditation retreat, just like that, is a happy place. It's the place where I feel the most myself, the truest version of myself, an abstracted version of myself, an uninhibited version of myself, the one the most raw, more innocent, most beautiful version of myself. And when I'm that, I'm really happy. I'm the happiest person in the world. And I'm also the most compassionate person in the world. I have so much compassion for myself and compassion for others, desire to spread my joy and happiness. And I cannot imagine a better way to celebrate the end of the year and welcome the new year. I feel this is very rejuvenating, very inspiring, and it really helps to clear the head from all the nonsense, all the garbage, all the noise, all the repetitive thoughts and loops and trains and all the twists and turns that are in the mind and they can take so much space and they can keep me quite drained and exhausted while after Vipassana meditation retreat, it feels clean, it feels clear, there is clarity about who am I and what I'm here for. And there is also a great way to maintain myself as far as my mental health because it gives me tools on how to stay grounded, how to stay centered, how to stay connected to my heart, ultimately, to my heart, to my intuition, to my highest power, whichever way you want to call it. Basically, it's about deep inner connection. It's like wide embrace of myself. It's a practice of self-love. So I'm freshly out and I will be sharing from my experience of 10 years because I'm also celebrating myself being a Vipassana meditation practitioner for 10 years. My first event was 
in 2014. Yes, and then now it's already 2024, so pretty much almost 10 years since my first Vipassana meditation retreat. And it's been my daily practice ever since. It's, I have different, I practice different modalities, and yet this is the core one. This is what's at the core of my spiritual sadhana. And I find this to be really powerful. And trust me, I've tried many different modalities and techniques. I find Vipassana to be very pristine and pure, very direct, uncomplicated. Anyone and everywhere can just do it anytime, basically. So this show is for those of you who are already in the spiritual path and already practicing either Vipassana or other modalities. And it's also for those who are not quite there and at the same time very curious because Vipassana becomes widely quite well known and there is a lot of mystery around it as people ask me all kinds of questions. The common ones are, uh, why would you do this? Why do you want to be silent? Why do you want to meditate for so long? And then the other question is, how do you sit for so long, 10 hours of meditation a day? How can you sit? It must be so exhausting. It must be so intense. Oof, you are such an extreme wild woman. I guess you can handle it, but it's not for everyone. So I would like to address those two comments. And I also want to generally share why my whys of going into a Vipassana retreat and um, what happens really there, what's the experience like, and then benefits of it, what I take out and bring into everyday life, right? Because lots of misconceptions out there. I just had a friend from Vipassana who got picked up from and the center by her husband who and her husband just doesn't understand he says like it's such a selfish thing to get away from your family instead of being there with your family you're just so selfish you're just there focusing entirely on yourself it doesn't serve anyone but yourself so that's just one way to judge it another people some other people think it's quite sectarian and Others are just afraid, like you can just go mad, like you just sit there, it just drives you nuts, your own mind will just drive you crazy, you'll start hallucinating and you just start tripping and how can you handle it? So lots of lots of different ideas and misconceptions and yet from some friends around, I keep hearing like, oh, I would love to go to Vipassana. I just didn't have a chance, but I've been curious all the time. I feel like I really need something like this. I might be afraid. Yes, it's a lot of sitting in quietness. I never done this before. I'm not sure how I'll respond to this, if I will be able to handle it, but I would love to try. So let me clear some rumors and doubts and share my perspective as I'm freshly out and I'm also having 10 years of practice behind my shoulders and I would love to share what it is like for me. So happy place. It is my happy place. Ultimately, if I describe it in just two words, I would just say Vipassana is my happy place. When I go there, I'm feeling this is it. I, I have just arrived because there is no worries, no concerns, no problems, nothing dangerous there. It feels ultimately very safe, very safe place to be. It is nothing to figure out, nothing to decide, nothing to take care of. 
no threats, no judgments, a lot of sounds of nature and kindness of people around. I feel like many of us need this because even if you live in a safe world, in the first world, free from wars, major violence around you, there is different there are different circumstances that can make you feel unsafe. And when you are not feeling safe, like even just emotionally unsafe, like you're not able to confess to others how you feel or even confess it to yourself, that's when you're starting to uh, close yourself off, put a mask on, and ultimately not be authentic, not be truly yourself, because if you are yourself, you will be judged or something. So a lot of people, from what I'm seeing, are in the mood of keeping the mask on, keeping the appropriate mask on. Like in the United States, it means you need to smile when you interact with others, otherwise you're rude. In Russia, it's the opposite. Like you never smile, otherwise you're manipulative, something is wrong with you. So different social standards, and we are accustomed to behave according to our culture. And not many of us taking our time to really see what we really are, who we really are, if we don't have to really behave and pretend and say the right things and try to impress someone and try to get something and try to be successful, all of this, try to be recognized, try to be loved and try to be important somehow in this world and try to be useful in this world. Right, so I can imagine some of you, as you listen to it, you can relate to some of those qualities as a lot of energy goes into being useful, into being nice, into being helpful, into performance, into some transactional experiences, exchanges in life with other people. And Vipassana is stripping away all of that. So you can just be the most innocent self. You can come right into your innocence and look deeply within, really look within and find that peace within yourself. So it's um, also ancient practice discovered by Buddha. There are Buddhas all over history, but this one, the classic Buddha, Gautama Buddha, the classic story of the prince who ran away from his uh, castle, from his kingdom to go into self discovery search into all kinds of monasteries and spiritual practices in order to find the, his essence and the meaning of life, in order to find the way out of suffering, because his first noble truth, the classic teaching of Buddhas, begins with four noble truths. The first one is there is suffering. Like you cannot avoid it, even if you are the wealthiest, the healthiest, the, and your life is the happiest song you still will decay and die. Like there is no escape from suffering. So there are other noble truths that there is the way out of suffering. And what is the way out of suffering? So that summarizes the direction of teachings of Buddha. And yet Buddhists are practicing things different. Some prefer more of a bhakti path, the path of uh, devotion, putting candles, incense for Buddha, practicing certain rituals, 
um, lots of different directions, and yet the most classic one is the path of meditation. So at the core of Buddhist teachings is meditation, is the classic, most classic thing one knows about meditation. And Buddhists are really go hand in hand together, of course. There are different blends and mixtures and directions and dimensions of Buddhist practice. And there are also rites and rituals. There are different offerings to Buddha that one can put on the altar. And all of it has its own beauty. I don't want to go too far into that. I want to share more about the essence of Buddhism, which is meditation as a direct experience of divinity within yourself. And... Yes, we can philosophize as well about Buddhism that ultimately they don't believe there is an entity there or gods and um, some final um, entity out there, basically. But what they believe is there nothing exists and there is only void and it's all illusion and maya. But what's the point of knowing that? It doesn't give us anything. Meditation is an opportunity to experience that directly and vipassana meditation retreat is a meditation camp where one can experience the essence of meditation now i've tried to practice meditation before vipassana i was already part of different tantric schools and i tried this type of meditation that type of meditation mantra visualization trataka and all of them are certainly special and beautiful, the purpose of which is quieting the mind and having focus on one thing and really sustained within the framework of the body. And uh, yet I, I felt like it was never something wow, like I never really had any major aha or breakthrough from meditation and and could never really quiet my mind and it's somehow it's been a lot of efforts without too much of rewards basically and then i finally tried vipassana meditation retreat interestingly the way i got there is actually through psychedelics because i've been exploring psychedelics for quite some time so i've been curious i wanted to try this and that and then once i tried ketamine injection I was done recreationally with my boyfriend at that time. And it was really impactful and so profound because it was like I'm being deleted. Like I don't feel my body. I don't hear the sounds anymore. My memory is getting deleted. My past and future getting deleted. My emotions getting deleted. And But I'm still there. I'm still there. And I can observe that. I'm still there. I still exist even if all of this doesn't exist. So it's like really stripping off all these layers of the onions. Onion. Yeah, that's the classic Buddhist um, metaphor. Onion, like when you peel the layers and you go deeper and deeper within and then you find there is nothing in it and yet you still exist as nothing so i had that incredible experience on ketamine i came back i watched how all these layers of my identity were coming back my senses were coming back and i was changed i just felt like my life can never be the same i want to more, learn more and that's when I signed up for my first Vipassana retreat in 2014, because I had intention to experience it experientially. I already read some books about insight meditation and mindfulness practices, and that was my chance. I've heard that Goenka Vipassana, this is a specific branch of Vipassana, 
which is very widespread across the world, pretty much in every state, every country, almost in every state, every country, one can find a center. And they really don't play games. <laughs> they are not uh, glamorizing, they're not diversifying, they're not mixing it with anything, like nothing extra, just pure practice, 10 hours a day of practice, practice, practice. Nothing else, no philosophizing, no analyzing, no distracting yourself, not adding anything extra to make it more entertaining, nothing of that. You are purely there for meditation. It takes a certain kind of personality to really commit to that because it's a major commitment. It's a 10-day commitment to really stay through no matter what you feel, what kind of difficulties arising. They also describe it as a deep-rooted surgery of your mind. You are actually getting rid of major impurities, everything that blocks you from seeing the truth as it is. So I got so captivated, so motivated. I'm going to stay through this 10 days fully. And yes, it's not easy. You start to sit and meditate and the mind is wandering away and the mind is wandering away, of course. And then you get frustrated and it wanders away even more. And then you keep sitting again and you try again and you start again and then you follow your breath and you follow your breath and then your mind starts to have doubts. What's the point? I'm wasting my time and all of that. And then you go deeper and then at some point you start to see that you're on. Although the thoughts can be still floating, that mental identification is becoming weaker and you start seeing world from a different vantage point and then from that vantage point you look within and you start seeing a lot more the world of unconscious starts to come on the surface you start seeing deeper levels of yourself and perhaps some places that you didn't know about and eventually you come into the place of wisdom you come into the place of release you come into a place of insight you come into a place of peace and calmness within yourself and deep, deep relaxation. And the final stage of Vipassana is compassion for the world, for everyone. Desire to share one's merits, desire to share one's love, desire to share with others, with the world. And desire to share from a place of fullness not to get something back, but actually because you are overflowing with so much bliss, love, kindness, and you just cannot help but you want to share it with others. You want to give unconditionally. You want to love unconditionally. So my biggest insight and my very first Vipassana meditation was that I, I never loved. I didn't know how to love. Everything I thought love was, was my desire to feel good, to use the other person to feel good. I would say, I love you, but what it really meant is that you make me feel good and I want more of that. So it was ultimately selfish. I understood what selfless love is during Vipassana meditation retreat. That's what I really felt. It was just overflowing from my heart. That place of being so deeply happy and connected with myself and unconditionally loving the world and wanting to share this feeling, that state of being with others and wanted to help them relieve their suffering, seeing how much suffering they're out there 
how much people struggle, what, how much ignorance there, there is, and wanting to contribute to a better world by bringing lights, light to the place of darkness, bringing compassion to a place of lack of kindness and compassion, and becoming myself more pure, more clean, acting in the world, not from a place of greed or fear, but from a place of love, creativity, purity, kindness. So my first Vipassana meditation was really powerful. And I realized this is it. This is my spiritual practice. And in order to maintain it, I need to practice it every day. I need to be disciplined. I need to stay on track. Of course, it's also not easy because all the distractions out there. And of course, my monkey mind is the biggest one because my monkey mind can say anything like, ah, it's useless. It's not helpful. What am I doing? I am not good enough or all kinds of ideas that can distract me from the path. So it does take certain determination and commitment, and I feel like it's important to see the light and the end of the tunnel in order to stay committed to this path. And fast forward, it's been 10 years, almost 10 years, and sometimes I practice more, sometimes I practice less, and just now I came out from my 10th Vipassana meditation retreat. So 10 days sitting in quietness, not speaking to anyone, unless there is an important question to a teacher, it would be a five minute interview, but not connecting, not communicating with eyes, with gestures, just receiving, eating food, whatever has been is given to me, whatever is prepared in the kitchen by volunteers. Very humbling experience in a way, because there is a lot of simplicity, lack of luxury, or being able to satisfy my individual needs and preferences. And at the same time, feeling luxurious because I'm fully taken care of, my needs are taken care of, I'm surrounded by very kind people who want me to succeed in my meditation practice. So they wanna provide anything that will help me in my path of deepening my meditation practice. And the common question would be, like, after all these years, how does it feel to sit there? What is it like to sit there for so many hours? Does it feel like a major ordeal or intensity or challenge? I say, no, I think maybe major ordeal it was the first time because I wasn't used to it and my resistances were through the roof. Well, nowadays, because I love this practice so much and I look forward to it every year and I arrive and I'm full of gratitude for the possibility, it feels like major exhale, like, oh, this is it. I don't need to take anything else but myself and my meditation practice. And it's like priorities are um, being um, like funneled, like not funneled, what's the best word to say? My priorities are becoming narrowed down into only one purpose. I'm only here to meditate, nothing else no one else and i realize how much in life we have so many purposes priorities we have to take care of this take care of that and the mind is so full we are so much in that action planning deciding mode while in meditation retreat there is a blessing there is a joy of just focusing on meditation practices 
And what happens to me as I've been doing it for so long, it's not, it's not about like, wow, now my mind doesn't bother me. I am so focused. I have such a perfect concentration. Not that, no. Honestly, my concentration sometimes is better than other times. Um, it's also not about being just so zen, so tranquil, nothing disturbs me. No, I have fluctuations, I have moods, things happen, things come up, different past traumas are coming on the surface, different distractions are bothering me. It's all there. And sometimes I'm feeling hyperactive. I just restless. I cannot see it. I'm so agitated. And other times I'm so sleepy. Even if I slept well at night, I'm just crashing. I'm sitting there and I, my head is like falling. I'm so ready to fall asleep. My mind keeps saying, this is a waste of time. I'm just fighting with my sleep. It's all nonsense. And I just still sit there and I still meditate. I just walk to wash my face with cold water and kind of wake up I sit there and I keep falling asleep and I keep on sitting there so all kinds of distractions and challenges are still happening there what I've learned over this years is to give myself grace to see that whatever I'm feeling every moment is just right if I'm sleepy I'm sleepy if I'm distracted i'm distracted if i'm angry i'm angry if i'm sad i'm sad if i'm conflicted confused i am conflicted confused and i just sit with that i am just there for myself i'm befriending myself and i'm able to embrace myself in all my humanness not push myself to be perfect meditator not experience something bright, like the bright, beautiful light. Actually, no. Equanimity is the key word in Vipassana meditation, which describes that state of mind where you're just aware, when you're purely aware and welcoming the experience of being human, welcoming humanness in all its glory, welcoming experience as it comes it's also a realization that there is ultimately no control of my experience. Yeah, there is a certain notion of control that I can, if I you know, do this, that's how I'm going to feel. But as you sit and meditate, there is this sense of sensations come up, feelings come up, different states of being come up, and I'm just there to observe. I'm not there to fix myself or change myself. In fact, I have no control over it. They are arising as nature itself. And nature has its own plan, its own game, its own uh, tapestry, right? It's, you know, it's artists, which I'm a part of the greater art out there. And I can only be there for myself and watch how this state of art experience unfolds. And me and my gross, raw, simple humanness, whether I'm sweating or burping or fallen asleep it's already beautiful and it's already enough and seeing that gives so much reconciliation and joy that it can be there in my innocence and this is enough i don't need ecstatic bliss i don't need bright lights i don't need god to come from heaven and speak to me 
I don't need to be ecstatic all the time. I don't need to be even happy all the time because one day I can cry and one day I'm angry. And yet there is a way to be in harmony with myself as a human through the practice of awareness because awareness itself is the magic stick. It might be so easily overlooked by our conscious mind because it's not something one can see or touch or feel or describe. Awareness is just so empty and pure of anything. And yet through awareness itself, we are healing, we are evolving, we are maturing. And through awareness itself, we are loving ourselves. And through awareness itself, we're loving others. Awareness itself is the catalyst of love, compassion, and understanding. And Vipassana meditation experience is an intense uh, awareness retreat where there is a constant practice of being aware and not being aware of something external, but being aware of your own inner universe because the world begins, our perception of the world, our reality begins from our inner experience. We perceive the world through our inner experience. So in Vipassana, you are there to observe your inner truth because this is how you ultimately connect with the outer world more harmoniously. So this is enough just to describe briefly because I can definitely share a lot more about what really happens there. And yeah, you just sit there for 10 days. And you practice and you do the best and the teacher is there to support you. And on the final day, you practice the meditation of compassion, all the merits that you collect in this 10 days, all this reconciliation, insights, bliss, joy that comes together after all these hours and hours of practice, one is ready to share with the world. And this is when the meditation of compassion to the world begins. And this is when it's easier, it's possible, it's, it's there. This purest love for, for every living being, the desire for every being to be happy, to be peaceful, to be liberated. And... Some of the benefits also include that innocence of noticing subtleties that usually so overlooked. So I notice how my hands are smelling in the morning. I can smell the sweat of palms of my hands and it's delicious and I really appreciate it. I never do this otherwise. And I also noticed that in my during morning meditation sits, the breath goes in through the right nostrils. And then so in the evening it actually goes out through it actually goes in through the left nostril. So when I go out for a walk, I can pick up the leaf and I can see how beautiful it is. I can stare at it and I can notice so many details and I can really appreciate this beautiful part of nature. I can notice something like fire hydrant and look at the details, how it's made. And 
I would overlook all of this because the world is just too big. There is so much going on that we just cannot absorb all of this. But Vipassana meditation is really a chance to go for a walk without any purpose and to have a clear mind and be able to feel the steps and be able to feel the air on one's skin, be able to feel the breath, be able to look at the sky and notice the different shades of blue out there, to really appreciate rain, and then to eat without being distracted, without talking to anyone, without checking the phone or reading, and really appreciate the taste of food. It's an opportunity to go to a shower and feel that hot water running down the skin. <sighs> so Nupasana is a way to come back to one's innocence. I truly recommend you to give it a try. It's a wonderful, wonderful practice. The beautiful part of it is that the centers, they exist on donation basis, which is so rare in this world that it's even possible for businesses to survive on donation basis. And yet they do survive and they offer pretty good conditions for living and good food. And one can give just as much as they can give at the end of the meditation practice. So how does it affect my life when I come back? Because yes, integration is really important because we can treat it as some beautiful experience like vacation and come back home and act like nothing ever happened and you can choose to integrate it. So you can choose to meditate daily and have your daily routine, which is amazing. A way to clear your clean your teeth, you brush them and a way clear, to clear your mind as you meditate. And as you may meditate, your mind gets more clear and you get more happy and satisfied as a result and you can have better connections with others when your mind is less cluttered. And you can learn to also find ways in your daily life to come back to innocence, not to participate 24-7 in this red race, but be able to enjoy the freshness of the morning, for example be able to look at the stars before you go to bed, be able to sit there, feel your breath, and just drop in in this innocence and presence of being human. Lots of great benefits in practice of Vipassana. It definitely took me deeper in the connection with my intuition and to courage of living life, not from a place of fear and greed, but from a place of love and inspiration. Of course, I don't want to claim myself to be a Buddha or to be perfect. I'm far from it. The path for me is quite long because the conditioning where I come from is quite dark and there is a lot of clearing to do. And, and yet I'm happy where I am. I am truly happy exactly where I am right now. And I'm also looking forward to clear and clean myself within even more so I can be the better vessel, a cleaner vessel, so I can enjoy it and I can serve others in a better way, in a more unconditional and compassionate ways. So this is my wish to you for 2024. If you're listening somewhere at the beginning of the year, it's quite relevant. And my wish to you is to bring more compassion beginning for yourself starting with yourself. So many of us believe that we need to force ourselves to be compassionate to others. 
that's just how culture teaches us to be kind and all. And at the same time, I trust that it's actually all about filling your cup first, finding compassion to yourself first, and that will translate to your relationship with others. And this will automatically bring love and kindness and compassion into your connection with others. So my wish for 2024 is a lot of tenderness, a lot of innocence, a lot of compassion, love and kindness for yourself and for those precious ones around you. Realize there are so many people out there who are struggling, especially during holiday season. It tend to be very depressing for many people. They're supposed to be happy, but they're not. They're worried, they're struggling, they're concerned, there's fear, there's disease, there's old age, there are breakups, divorces, there are death in the family. Lots of reasons for humans to suffer. Let's treat each other with more respect, more kindness. Some even go that far to say that when you communicate with a person, consider that this one be just a step away from committing suicide. And the suicide rate is quite high and it might be quite true. So your act of kindness can save someone. It's really not small. Every act of kindness and compassion can take you a long way and can take ripple effects. As one person becomes happier through your act of kindness, they can bring happiness to others. Happiness is quite contagious. So let's spread it together. And this is really the mission for me for this year. With this, I want to end this episode. I hope this was inspiring, insightful. I'm always happy to hear your feedback. And if there were any aha moments, anything useful you received through my sharing. And if you have already tried Vipassana and you had some similar experience or something else to add, don't hesitate to reach out to me. You can find some links and show notes where places where you can find me. And the year begins for me with a retreat that I host for women. That's an experiential retreat or certification training for sacred feminine touch ceremony or yoni massage for women who want to claim their pleasure and bring forth this pleasure to other women. This is it for women who want to add another stream of revenue and another profession, another skill and learn how to practice yoni massage, how to bring other women into their full orgasmic potential. This is it. We are starting February 1st and our peak experience, the retreat itself is March 1st, 2nd and 3rd. You can find the link in show notes. If you're a woman, I would love to see you there. And otherwise, different offerings you can also find in my show notes. And if you enjoy this podcast, please leave five stars. And Apple Podcasts, you can also leave review. It will be super helpful. The more attention my account receives, the more people can hear and benefit from my episodes. And wishing you a really, really beautiful day. Until next one. Bye-bye. <laughs>